there are overwhelming, turbulent times, but that also means there is major potential to fill the cracks with new ideas and to transform these destructive systems. There are specific root causes for problems and holistic solutions everywhere. There is room for prosperity, there is room for regeneration and a shift in values. Another reality is possible and that's what we're exploring here today. Welcome to Sage Talking. My name is Nathan Maingard. I'm from South Africa and I was always a kind of misfit in our society. I never fixed. There's a beautiful saying, a square peg in a round hole. I I just never fitted the boxes that society built for me. You know, whether that was school or you know, just the general structure of it all, the education system, the governmental system, it, it all kind of felt like it was a skin too tight for me. But the mistake that I made as a young person, which I think many people make, is that I believed that there was something wrong with me, that I was the the sort of bad weirdo and the misfit and the that I should change myself. And so I went from being a very sort of open-hearted, um, connected, vulnerable, empathetic person to becoming you know, a player and a womanizer and uh, looking to drink lots of alcohol and kind of see if I could become what I thought a cool guy was, you know, what does a man need to do in this society to be enough? And I don't know if it may seem obvious, but I just ended up hurting myself and a lot of other people. And thankfully that sort of sensitive thread, that true authentic self was always there that awareness was always there and so when i started playing music at a sort of around 15 16 um the songs that i was writing were about were, were beautiful there was a lot of meaning you know i wrote a few songs that were terrible and were about horrible things but they didn't feel right and so my music was kind of almost guiding me home and so over a few years i by the time i was sort of in my mid 20s i just felt like i have to change this i can't keep doing what i'm doing and that began my return to my authentic self through, you know, plant medicines and therapy and counseling and coaching and breath work and ice baths and failure, failing again and again, which is fine because failure doesn't matter as long as we get up again. Failure is just a, a lesson, a, an invitation to, to move more into alignment. And so through it all has been the slow but steady, not always steady, but a, a sort of if I look at the graph of my life over the last sort of 15 years, I see that overall I have become much more comfortable in my own skin and much more, there's a sense of enoughness that begins to blossom out of me naturally, not all the time, but a lot more than it used to. And so now what I do is I serve other people who are the misfits, the spiritual weirdos, the down to earth seekers, the people who've never really fitted the box and have therefore taken on these stories of um, sort of limiting beliefs and limiting self-perspective, not realizing that actually the box that they've been squashed into was never locked or at least they always have the key. And so I help those people to find that key to open the box, to step back and to unfold into the fullness of themselves um, through these same practices that have helped me along the way. Could you maybe explain um, right now uh, what your what your purpose is and dive a little deeper in the in the work that you're doing now that was inspired by maybe that that time of confusion and hardship um, maybe you could share a bit about that 
Yeah, so my I have a podcast called We Are Already Free. And the the name of that podcast came from a poem I wrote. So as I said, I started playing music when I was about 15 or 16. And I became a professional musician in my late 20s for about 10 years. And so through all of that is this thread of lyricism and storytelling and, and wordsmith. You know, the, I love the idea that the word is the, the power of the word is is that it is spelling. You know, we use spelling to write words and spelling is like casting spells. So basically what that means is that how we use the word, how we use language, how we use it inside our own heads and how we use it in the world makes spells and, and changes the way that we experience reality. So when, when all the lockdowns were happening and everything was getting so ugly, I, I really felt like I wanted to speak to it. But every time I would post a comment or, or something online, it would just be, create so much polarity, people getting so angry with each other in the comments and judging and blaming. And I ended up blocking lots of people. And I was like, this doesn't feel good at all. So I, I sat with it and I stayed quiet for a while. And then I had this feeling to, to speak from my place of truth without a desire to change anyone's mind. And I started writing these long form spoken word poems, which is something I'd never done before. You know, I'd been writing songs for most of my life, but never really done long form poetry. And, uh, and one of the poems that came out was called We Are Already Free. And it was basically this, that really clicked with so many people. And that's the work that I do now is like, because all I've done on my journey is remember that I'm already free. That's all I'm doing. It's like, you know, if I wake up this morning, even I woke up at whatever, just after four, like 20 past half past four in the morning. And I could very easily have just got on my phone or turned over and slept another two hours or, or whatever it is. But I realized, you know, that, that story in my head was like, oh, this is hard. This is tough. And then I thought, no, it's not hard and tough. I have, I love my life. I love watching the sunrise. I love that I get to take care of myself so that I can support other people and support my, my partner and my family, my community and my, my clients when I'm coaching, like all that stuff. So I am already free. I, I get to choose in this moment. Do I feel like, oh, this is so hard. I'm tired. I don't want to get out of bed. Or, wow, thank God that I have the opportunity to live this beautiful life. I can't wait to get out of bed and live this day. So that's kind of what it means to be already free. That is my, my purpose is to remind authentic people that they are enough, that they are worthy. Um, and all, all I'm doing is reminding anyone who listens and anyone who connects with what I'm saying that they are already free. And that's kind of the beauty of the podcast I have is I have conversations with people who are misfits and weirdos, and they are the ones who never fitted the boxes. And yet they live really beautiful lives, living their authentic selves because they know that they are already free. They live those lives. And so my whole purpose is really to remind if I were to sort of summarize it in one sentence, it would be that I am light's messenger. I am the reminder or a reminder, as there are many reminders, the whole of the universe is here to remind us. But I am a reminder that you are already free. It's as simple as that. Yeah, beautifully said. Um, I really, I, I also um, read some of your poetry and listened to some of it and I really loved it. Um, in the last few years, I've actually also found my way to poetry and I've done a few poetry slams as well. And I can completely mm -hmm. agree with you that the, the written word and also this aspect of poetry that you can kind of pour all your feelings into it. And um, 
even create feelings in another person when they hear what you're reading rather than if it's mm. let's say just a blog or an article or a text about a topic I think poetry has this unique component of you know melody and emotion that you can't really find in so many other texts songs as well as you said um, but I want to touch on what you said with you know that you never fit fit any boxes and that you felt like a misfit and a weirdo and I can totally relate to that and I think many people can um you know it's always this this talk about that we have a pandemic of like mental health issues and for me what I've also realized in the last few years and also through my own life experiences is that you know Most of us or a lot of us are not, you know, especially in childhood, we're not wrong or flawed. I think it's also not just, but also, you know, obviously the, the system that we're living in um, is it, it kind of forces us into those boxes. And if we just won't fit into them for whatever reason or can't make ourselves fit into them, then this is where we get sick or depressed or sad or lonely. And this is something I very much want to talk about today. And some people might ask, you know, because this is a very like environmental uh, podcast. It's about the connection of, of humans and nature. It's about regeneration. It's about pollution. It's, it's very much about earth and environmental topics. And obviously we cannot ever separate that from ourselves as being part of this beautiful planet um, but I think the emotional you know aspects of all of this us as human beings as as persons with with feelings and kind of this manifestation of everything that is on this planet as we're just you know at the end we're also just a stardust in a way so What I really want to talk about is the fact that people who are at peace with themselves, who have connection, who have family, who continually reflect on themselves and have the freedom, as you said, the word freedom, another important aspect, to explore themselves, to roam freely in the world, to experience joy and leisure and pleasure and calmness, they won't, you know, have a really... They, they won't have this this drive or this need to to conquer to start wars to destroy whether it's themselves or natural systems but these people would be more inclined to seek peace and love and connection how do we feel about ourselves how do we feel about the world in effect so i want to know what is your personal connection to nature to earth and how has that maybe changed over the last few years during your own personal transformation mm. well thank you it's a, a beautiful question and a beautiful yeah reflection that we are we are nature and it is us And it's an ongoing journey for me. That was part of what took me, I made a huge decision some years ago, which I sometimes still wonder about, but I was living in London in the UK and things were going well for me as a musician. And I just, I was singing these songs that are all about nature and community and connection and being barefoot and being naked in the rain and like all these things, but that wasn't at all what I was seeing around me. And I 
I kind of just had this, I was really struggling emotionally. And so now I live in a place and this has taken years, but I committed, I was like, I want more nature. I want to be back to nature. I want to return. Like I grew up in a small village on the coast of South Africa, lots of mountains and barefoot oceans. And, you know, really uh, in terms of the nature it was very beautiful. And so I've made these conscious decisions and it's been a hard road. But I think it's worthwhile, you know, like my mornings now are generally sitting on the deck, watching the sunrise over the forest with the birds. And I've, I often think, you know, I've been so blessed in terms of abundance in my life and even the, the opportunity to do something like this. And I also know that I've spent a lot of time like wanting my life to be over and living in places that didn't work for me and being in relationships that didn't work for me. So we all have a choice somewhere. Like there's a choice either to accept that we're in a space and to surrender to that, or we have the choice to change that. Um, and not everyone, you know, we don't always get the choice to change where we are, but I did have that choice. And many, many, many people have that choice. I've sometimes had people, oh, well, you're just privileged. I'm like, well, I just know a lot of people who are living shitty lives. They've got loads of like lots of financial resources, lots of the resources they could need to live pretty much anywhere they wanted, but they live in a place that is without nature and they're in a rush and they're stressed and they don't enjoy their lives. So I guess what I'm saying is that a lot more people have a choice than they realize. A lot of people are stuck in their mind, the prison of their mind, which tells them they don't have a choice. Oh, well, if only I could do it like that person. So for me, it's been this, it's making the choice again and again and again to move towards being more integrated into nature. And I'm saying that as I, I work online, I run a podcast, I've got social media, I spend the majority of every day sitting in front of a computer screen but my computer screen is in a beautiful caravan sitting in a forest in one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. So it's like I'm moving in the direction that makes sense to me. And I, because I am introspective and I think about these things a lot, I often wonder, will there come a point where I'll just turn it all off? Like that, that I could build a life that I don't have to be, like, can I really integrate into nature while so much of my time, energy and attention and attention is literally us. Like what I give my attention to is what I become. So much of that is plugged into a digital screen. So those are some of the questions I ask myself. But overall, I would say that now more than more than since I was a teenager, um, I live in nature, like my, my walks every day, my mornings, my evenings, my I, I am much more integrated through choice, through the willingness to be uncomfortable and to step more into that space. And just to really honor as well that I, I feel also still very disconnected from nature a lot of the time. I'm distracted and I'm hooked on my phone more than I'd like to be. And I, it's just, it's an active process. And I, if I look back again, looking at that graph of my life of the last 15 years, I'm certainly more connected and more in nature now than I was 10 years ago so I take yeah. that as a positive yeah <laughs> definitely um I I want to ask you as somebody who speaks to a lot of people as you said you you your purpose or what you feel is right for you is to be of service to other people and to guide them in their personal transformations so somebody who has a lot of experience of uh, talking to many different people and figuring out what are maybe the the depths of of what people, who people are, what they want, what they need. What are some of the the common threads that you see when when people are feel so trapped in who they are and can't kind of look 
can't look outside of themselves or have um, you know, these barriers of stepping outside of themselves, transforming, what are the most basic, you know, needs and wants and desires that you really see, you know, this is who people are, this is what they want at their deepest core. And that's kind of a common thread. I would say that every, pretty much everyone, I think I could say everyone, but I haven't met everyone. So I think everyone wants to be enough. Um, this feeling of enoughness that I am enough just as I am without having to prove like climb a mountain or win a prize or be the best in the class or anything that, that there's a sense of intrinsic enoughness. And what's in the way of that is that, well, definitely the people who are my clients come to me with stories. Uh, they have a deep fear of what others think of them. So they're very worried that if they really show the world who they are, that, people will judge them for that. And the reality is people will. But the beauty of doing this inner work is to realize that someone's always judging you. Someone's always judging you, no matter what. So if you, why not have them judge you for who you really are rather than someone you're pretending to be? So I think at a foundational level, people, because they don't feel like they're enough, because they believe that story. So what happens is as children, we are completely reliant on the external reflection of reality to, to help us to come into our bodies and to develop our nervous systems. So like a child, their nervous system only finishes um, its initial development, like it's like being born in a way by seven years old. So we're, I heard someone talk about like we're polishing on our nervous system, the ventral part of our nervous system, which is the kind of front facing part. So the part connected to face and eyes and mouth and heart and chest and that part that is social, the part that talks to the outside world is being polished by interactions with the outside world. And what, what happens to most of us is that that polishing happens in such a way of like, if you don't do this, you're a bad boy. Oh, do this to be a good girl. And so we get these really strong lessons around, oh, well, I need to be good and I don't want to be bad. And I, if I do that, then I'm bad and I failed. And, and so then that turns into what many people think of as just like themselves talking to themselves. But there's this voice in the head that's like, oh, you fucked up. You're a failure. You messed up again. Oh, look how badly you're doing. You, you aren't worthy. You, you suck. You should never try again. You shouldn't do that. Who are you to want to live a beautiful life? Who are you to want to make art or make love or have a good relationship? Like You don't deserve any of that. So there's this voice running in people's heads. But that voice was formed because we didn't get what we needed in those really critical years from naught to seven. And even then, our brain is still gr really growing a lot. I mean, we, we, we are all... We all have neuroplasticity, so we can change anytime. But really from 0 to 25 is where we that brain is like forming its main structure of, of how we experience reality. And that's why things like breath work and plant medicines and these incredible um, modalities are so helpful for all of us because they help to shift those old patterns. So again, what I see people coming to me the most with is this feeling of like, I'm weird and that means that there's something wrong with me. And what I help people to realize through the deep work that we do, through narrative transformation, through personal practices, through just being reflected and witnessed and seen. I mean, 
so few people have actually just sat with someone and been witnessed in who they really are, that just that alone can be a massive transformation of like, wow, someone has seen all of me, all of my, what I think are my ugly parts and my hidden parts and my shadow parts. And they're still sitting here looking at me with love and honoring me and just like giving me the time and space to share. That is a foundational healing for many people. And so through that process, people come to realize that that what they think of as that weirdness, that thing that they've been judging, that is actually the beautiful sort of seed that that they were planted here to nourish and nurture so that it could blossom into the unique expression of life that is called Stella or Nathan or you, whoever's listening. You are a unique blossom that God has planted into this experience just to know what that feels like. And the biggest pain that people are experiencing is they're hiding away from that because they're scared if other people see it, that it will break them, like that there's something wrong with them. And, and so that's, again, that it's enoughness. That's what it comes down to. Really interesting thoughts. I've, I, this is actually, yeah, this is why I love talking to people because you always learn something new and, and I've never thought of having that feeling of enoughness as such a crucial part. Um, but the, the, the question, you know, the question people always ask is when it comes, for example, to, to destruction, to war, to all the things in the world that also right now people just feeling the world is just falling apart over and over again. And mm. these these things that are happening, they're not you know, um, out of the blue coincidences or things that just happened. You know, there are people mm. who are who are driving these things, people who are in charge and who made active choices um, to bring destruction into the world rather than peace. And so mm. my question is, what are your thoughts on this? You know, people who, who do these things, um, and don't see reason who who destroy parts of the world and therefore also destroy themselves as we are all connected. You might mean for me that must be a sign that that person definitely is not at peace with themselves and doesn't honor or love themselves. For me, mm. that wouldn't fit together. How can you destroy other people, uh, land? Um, and and uh, you know the the basis of life you you can't have a pure relationship with yourself what are your thoughts well it's all it's big right i mean it's so big it's beyond anything any of us can really contain or completely understand because so i use the word god and, and you've heard me say it a few times so i'm not religious i for me god is just the biggest word in the english language to describe the infinite to describe that which is beyond describing. Um, there's a beautiful line in the Tao, the Tao Te Ching. At the, the first line, I think it says, uh, the Tao that can be spoken is not the true Tao. You know, like it, the truth in anything we're saying here is not actually going to be the truth because it's it's just, it's signposts pointing in directions. And so I, I my belief, my honest belief is that love or God or the infinite are all the same thing. And that is that, that is what lives inside of everything. And that's what everything lives inside of. And honestly, I've had this experience myself and it's hard to describe. So for anyone listening, if they haven't had it, it might seem like this is crazy, but that 
that everything in, that's ever happened, everything that will ever happen, every aspect of existence from the absolute biggest to the absolute tiniest, from the most beautiful to the most painful, all of it is viewed from the perspective of that divine friend, of the great one, of the infinite one. It's all viewed with love, with complete love. And, and I mean that sincerely. So you, you, the most evil thing we've ever imagined and the most utterly beautiful is viewed with the equal amount of love. And that's the crazy thing to let go, is to let go of the story that it's supposed to be another way. Because the only way that it becomes another way is through each of us meeting those parts of ourselves that are unintegrated, the most ugly, worst. You know, in, in some of these plant medicine journeys, I've literally seen my own into my own psyche into my own perspectives and the the horrific things that live inside there is as bad and as evil as the most evil thing that anyone has done in the world okay maybe i haven't actually done those things but maybe the only reason i haven't done those things is because i've sat and seen my potential for it and really felt those parts of myself and accepted those parts of myself so i agree those people who are out there hating and destroying and they they do they are very, very, very wounded and very traumatized. And the only way that if they choose, if they want to be a part of a different way is that they would need to go into themselves and feel that pain, really feel that pain so that they stop projecting it onto other people and projecting it onto the world. But that pain that we see lives inside of each of us. So really it's instead of, this, there's this often pattern right now of saying those people out there, if we could just make them stop, then it would all be better. But the reality is that, again, if the whole of reality is a sort of fractal projection reflecting itself at all levels, then if I see that out there, it must exist in me. And I don't actually have control out there. I can't go out to these different places in the world and, and fix it. Maybe I can't actually, you know, if that's my calling and my purpose then beautiful that that makes sense that aligns with who i really am but if it doesn't align with my purpose then there's a different thing for me which is to go inside of myself and feel that part of myself that ugly unseen traumatized painful part and to love that into the light again to bring it into the light and honor it and cry and wail and dance and move and sit and swim and and let it move into my cells and out of my being back into the world to be neutralized because that's the way I heal that, that thing that's out there. I heal that in myself. And if we all do that, if everyone listening does that and they tell their friends and they all start doing that and then that spreads out, eventually there'd be someone sitting there going, we should go to war and there'll be no one even listening. There won't yeah. even be a person to go, oh yeah, let's, because the only, why do wars happen? Because people fight in them. Why, why does any of this happen? It's because people choose to be a part of it. And we can't, again, like if I think of a beautiful, there's many examples, but one, you know, South African is a great one. Nelson Mandela was in prison for 27 years and he became free inside of prison because before he went in, he was a violent man. He wanted to, he's, and I understand, he's like, our people have been oppressed. We need to up, rise up and overthrow them and, and use violence if necessary. And when he came out of prison, what did, he could have incited violence. He could have caused more war. And all he said was, we must make peace. We must become the rainbow nation where we can all be friends and we can all get along. And you know, it hasn't gone that well because again, people are so wounded and so traumatized, but there is hope in that. And, and I could tell so many more stories of people who've chosen, even in the worst situation, they've chosen forgiveness, peace, and love. 
And those are the examples to me that give us a, an opportunity for a different way. And I'll say one more thing about this before I hand it back to you, but is that the universe is infinite. And so what does that mean? It means it has to contain the finite inside of it, the finite being this three-dimensional reality that we are experiencing. For, for something to be infinite, it has to contain the finite. And within the finite, every experience in an infinite universe is going to happen. So we are just currently living in the now moment where, the, where there's, I think of it as the wounded times or the separate times where this, the great oneness of the self is experiencing itself as the most disconnected and the most other that it possibly can. And this is just the cycle of the infinite dance that we're all dancing is that we have the times where we understand the nature of reality and we are in oneness together in the same way that animals in ecosystems are really integrated into those systems. And then we have the times where we are all is fallen apart, all is disarray, everything is broken, everything is, is just pain and trauma and wounding. We are in that time right now. And again, if I humble myself to the truth of the Lord, of the great friend who knows everything and is everything, who am I to say that it should be another way? I only get to control you know, if, if I'm thinking about the war out there and it means that I'm not sitting down in the morning for my breathwork to watch the sunrise, to make a cup of tea for my partner, to, to honor and water the plants in my house, to, to go out and run a men's circle or to support a client in their healing. Like if I'm letting the story of what's happening out there prevent me from living my truth, then that story out there is doing exactly what it's meant to or what it's designed to do. It's keeping me from really showing up beautifully in the world. And that's the big mistake that so many are making right now is allowing the things beyond their control to dictate how they actually show up in this moment. Because if each of us chose to focus on what we truly have the power to change inside of ourselves and in our direct surroundings, what a different world we would live in. I think that's a beautiful point that you made before, such an important point with that, that the world is obviously contains everything. It contains joy and laughter and sorrow and darkness, and it contains all of that. So what, what I am, am looking for is also not to say we're going to eradicate bad people, bad things, wars, which would obviously be lovely if, if the world would be like that, but it's unrealistic and doesn't seem possible. So maybe the, the point is that what we need is a shift in perspective, a collective shift in perspective. As you said, the, the people who will, who will be sitting with their family and friends around a fireplace, you know, singing, reflecting, who, who have, who have, peace and who are having their needs fulfilled and who have this wonderful connection with each other and nature you know they won't as you said I, th I think this is so beautiful to say they won't even listen you know to that one person who comes up and says let's start a war let's start destruction but I think the the shift in perspective that also that I would love to see much more is that those people where that are drivers of, of destruction and hate. Those people are often still championed by other people as, as powerful, um, the ones who have money, who are something that you, that you should look up to and aspire to mm. be. 
it, it's so unachievable to to eradicate darkness and and pain mm. and all these ugly things that we don't want to feel and that sometimes even people think they're wrong to feel and i mean that in mm. itself i think does such harm because how are you ever going to you know learn about yourself explore yourself if you never witness all of yourself and all of the feelings and emotions that you're you're capable to feel and even myself like i notice my my own pain and and darkness and you know sometimes such such vile horrible feelings and even thoughts every day it surfaces every day things where i absolutely know you know this this is my my own problem that i'm having this is my own unsolved unsat with emotional or feeling that i then project onto others where i react really strongly every day i notice that i have those topics and i think mm. most people do and i think really this this reflection and this healing process that is something that people have to remember that is something that happens really quietly it or it can happen really quietly in your own home you know in in your during during the nighttime hours when you're sitting in your own bed you know just letting letting your thoughts run through your head just observing them and the other things sometimes the the things that people think are glamorous and and luxurious and say this is what we need to aspire to not everybody but many people that's often something very loud you know it's very pompous it's very aggressive and and i think we have to remember especially also in the age of of social media and so much you know putting ourselves out there and and showing who we are is that these beautiful transformations most of the time they happen so quietly and they happen so unseen and unheard and maybe this is something you you can also talk about is you're something is somebody who you said you work a lot you know on your laptop social media podcasts um do you sometimes experience this um that i feel many people kind of at some point if they don't notice can fall into this pattern of okay if if i do something or feel something or discover something i have to show it i have to display it otherwise it's not worth as much or you know i'm not enough it won't be seen or the discovery i i just made whether it be uh practical theoretical personal it's it's not going to have as much weight and as much importance if i don't share it in some grand way mm. well yeah i love everything you've just said it's so beautiful first of all just the idea of healing can be quiet and i think it's the opposite of what our social media world and our loud media tells us like you know if you watch a movie the dr dramatic element is so powerful it has to be so dramatic but for me personally yes there've been moments of huge transformation but what i found is the transformation only takes root in the daily practices it's that beautiful saying before enlightenment chop wood carry water after enlightenment chop wood carry water you know that's life like so the really precious pieces people are often seeking those peak highs 
but the peak is just a moment to observe the whole reality and go, oh, this is what it is. And then everything else is just to practice actually living that in this moment. Am I washing these dishes with full intention? Am I really honoring that I am here in this present moment that doesn't really exist, that there's no way to say now, because as soon as I've said now, it's already gone. That's the miracle. I heard someone say, I think it was Joseph Campbell. He said, like, the thing about eternity is that it's no thing. There is no such thing as eternity. Eternity only happens now. Now is eternity. And I think that's something to remember is that where does the quiet healing, where does the big transformation, where does any of it happen? It happens right now. And now is already gone. So there's no way to even talk about it. And other than just living it and being here, here I am. This is the moment. It keeps flowing. It's an ever-flowing experience. And so... Yeah, I think to respond to what you said, it's very interesting because that kind of segues into social media. Social media is not about now. It's about what has been or what we want to be. It's, social media only exists really in the past or the future because someone's shared something that already happened or they're sharing about something that's going to happen. There's no way other than like a live stream to be like, this is now. But even then, it's, yeah, that creates a, that's probably why I like live streaming so much. Anyway, that's a different thought. But to what you said, I believe that, um, so one of the things that I'm practicing is I, I, I take very few photos these days. Like I don't, you know, if there's a moment where I'm doing something and it just feels like, oh, this is something I'd like to share with people, then I do that consciously. But I'm not on my phone. You know, if I'm having a beautiful experience, the furthest thing from my mind is I should capture this to show to someone later or like that's really not. And, and, I, and I suggest anyone listening breaks that habit if they, if they are if you are going to like on a safari or you're going to a beautiful waterfall or whatever the thing is and you're constantly taking photos that is an indication that you are not in the now is that you are seeking to capture something that's impossible to capture so that you can do something with it later when it's gone it's already in the past saying that again if i were to go to a beautiful waterfall and i'm like oh i do want to take a photo and i do want to share it with people do i do it with intention and i do it because i want to share something beautiful and hopefully inspire them to find more of those moments in their own lives and hopefully do my well do my best to do it in a way that is authentic and acknowledges that it's not the whole thing it's a reflection of the whole thing it's a it's a story about the whole thing saying that social media is by its by definition, performative. It is an invitation. You know, if I post something, I want people to get it. I want people to respond or share or like or comment or dislike or whatever it is. So acknowledging that social media does have this element built into it. And so then just how am I using that? How is it using me? Am I becoming hooked into the game of chasing, constantly chasing the next big thing that I'm going to share that's going to whatever it is? Or am I sharing from a place where, with all of that being acknowledged, it's okay. It's a, it's a game. It's like play the game, but don't take it too seriously, if that makes sense. And um, yeah, I think more than anything, it's really to realize that social media is not real life. It really yeah. isn't. And real, li real life is actually passing. It's happening right now. And there's a beautiful, what was it? A book I think someone wrote called The Top, the five, top five Regrets of the Dying. And uh, this person worked in a, a hospice, so end-of-life care, and spoke with, I don't know, thousands of people who were at the end of their lives. And the most common regret was 
I wish I had been more true to myself. I wish I'd had the courage to be more true to myself instead of worrying so much about what other people think. So this is the big question is like, whoever's listening right now, are you living your life according to what other people think? Are you being courageous in finding out who you really are in doing that deep work so that you can actually show up and blossom beautifully as, the, as you are intended to do? Or are you just giving yourself away to try and keep everyone else happy where you don't even know who you are really because that is the regret that is most likely to be yours one day. And I don't say that to scare anyone listening, but I hope that it hammers home that you do have a limited time in this life, but you have time now, like right now you can, you can begin that journey. You can take your next step. So yeah, I know I got a bit sidetracked in terms of what your question was, but again, social media, sharing things online, I think it's all fine. It is all fine. It's infinite. You know, in, in 10,000 years, in a million years, in a billion years, will any of it matter? Absolutely not. And so do, do what you do now with the awareness that it's eventually going to matter 0%, but it does matter to you and to the people around you right now. So what do you choose to do with that? Yeah, and I think this this topic of of choices is also um, a, a very important one. And I and I want to ask you another thing. So first of all, probably at this point, as I said again, because this is the first um, uh, kind of a, um, episode of this kind where where I really said, you know this does not directly as all the other podcasts or that I have done before mm. it, it in this, you really have to find this connection of, okay, what does that have to do with what we conceive to be problems in the world? What does this have to do with nature and with earth? This is exactly like, I just want to come back to this. We have to start with us, with ourselves. And I, and I love also what you said before, um, just this thing about, you know, we each have a choice and every single person, every one of us, we have to do that work ourselves and we have a choice every day. And this is something that really has transformed also for me over the last few years is at the beginning when I was learning, you know, about environmental destruction and I wanted to, you know, be an ally to earth and, and help and grow my own food and whatever. At, at first, it wasn't really those thoughts. It was more like, okay, you know, my goal is where I have to find that stage or that platform where I can, you know, speak loudly to other people and speak at people and tell them what they're doing wrong and, and voice my outrage about all the, the destruction and harm. But over the years, it transformed more and more into this thing about, okay, you know, how, what can I do here where I am right now? Not looking for that huge platform somewhere in a, in a, you know, in an, in an area or a place or a building that is synonymous with, with big speeches and conferences. It, it was more like, okay, what are, you know, the little things, if I look at myself, how much am I that person that I want to be or that I have to be in order to actually have a tangible, positive impact on on earth maybe on my community on the place that i am and 
and that's really something you know this 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 personal work this is what i really want people to take away from this 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 human element you know this the the humanity in all of us and this this incredible capacity of all of us to actively transform ourselves and i think one of the most important things and that's something that you also speak a lot uh, speak a lot about this theme of of pain and recognizing pain and our own discomfort you know we hear it so much discomfort kind of um linked with you know we all need to be disciplined and we need to achieve a lot and work a lot and uh you know mm. build up a lot of power in our bodies to be to be strong and this type of discipline but saying more the discipline of just simply sitting in you know on your own bed on the floor and and feeling something really horrible and confrontational and being confronted with your entire self and just sitting there and saying okay i'm just going to observe it and feel it i'm not going to distract myself by 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 calling a friend by going out by by watching something on youtube to take my mind off it but to just really recognize and see ourselves with everything that we are and i think if more people did that we would have a lot less you know untruth a lot less ugliness in the world because first and foremost we have to look at ourselves with all the ugliness in the world we have to look at ourselves and see what am i doing in this who am i and how am i impacting all of that and that's exactly what you said kind of that sentiment of we're shifting responsibility away from ourselves and that internal work if we always say you know you know all these people in politics the the ceos the people who are doing things wrong and who are bringing ugliness into the world kind of get rid of them like that doesn't work and that's shifting responsibility away because while you're complaining about all those ugly horrible people you are not actually doing anything to change the world for the better either so i think mm. this is and i mean this is something confrontational even to say and it's something so hard mm. to hear sometimes but I think this is this internal work that we all have to do and I mean I I really appreciate what you're reflecting and your willingness to to dive into it. And actually I'm just editing a podcast for my, my an episode for for my podcast that's coming out this week uh, at the time that we're recording anyway. Um and it's with an incredible man named Leo Cordero, I think is his name, and he is in Costa Rica and he's been on a deep medicine path for 15 years and just hearing him about we talk about prayer in the episode and and I said you know what is what is a good prayer and he said a good prayer is come comes through for someone who is calm in a calm space because if we pray we don't really know that we're asking for the right stuff if we're in a sort of out of centered state so so many people are going oh we pray for the end of war we pray for this we pray for that and yeah that's all beautiful i love it but at the same time are you yourself at peace are you inside of yourself whoever is listening because that that is what will allow you to make the prayers that are going to really change you and change the world because if we're all praying from a, oh my god this is terrible oh please make it stop change it help everyone oh you know it's like this frantic out of centered energy and i really like this guy i mean it's i highly recommend anyone listen to this episode it'll be out i guess well it'll be out 
tomorrow my time so soon um but it's just so powerful what he's saying there and it's it's it it always turns it in to me there's another there's another piece to this which is you know and it ties into what you were asking about social media early, earlier because the reality is that we are being trained by the algorithms the algorithms rely on what we respond to most and what people generally respond to most is polarity is drama is disagreement that's what gets clicks and shares and that's what gets everything moving and then the algorithm puts those in front of more people and that's how it spreads so the reality is that even a lot of people who are really so-called so switched on or who at least are awake and are doing their work internally will often share very polarizing things because that's what helps them to spread their message. And I think that that can become a real, it has become a really big problem. So just know that if you are choosing to interact with social media, that you are going to be being very subtly trained to be more polarized and to have more, be more reactive. So again, the question is, I was just thinking about it this morning of how many times I scroll and see something. I'm like, wow, that's an amazing, even like an exercise. I'm like, wow, I want to do that or uh, a cool recipe or a cool, and I just scroll, I see it. I go, oh, that's cool. And I carry on. So like, can we shift ourselves to when we see something that goes, oh, I want I want more of this in my life. Put the phone down and go get more of that in your life. That's the next step. It's not to scroll on to the next thing, which is what these algorithms are training us to do is just to keep scrolling, keep going. So it's like the thing of a glass of water when you're thirsty is really amazing. But if you then are inside of a, a huge container of water and they fill it up and close the, and that you drown, you know, so like water is good, but too much water drowns us. So by the same thing, have your glass of water from social media, get that nourishment you need, and then do something with it. And I think that's the big piece is like each of us doing what we can inside of our space and then make your prayers from that centered space. And then maybe it is your job, whoever's listening, maybe it is literally your job to go out there and 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 help uh, reforest an area or go to a war-torn area and feed the children or go and help people who are in a hospice or homeless people or, you know, whatever it is like this. I'm just using those extreme examples, but there are so, maybe you're just the one who paints the beautiful picture that inspires the person who is the reforestry person. All of the roles are worthy and are valid, but how can you know what your role is if you don't do that inner work of finding your purpose, centering yourself, learning to be your beautiful, weird, unique self? All those things are necessary to be able to really then take effective action in the world. So it, it has to start with the self. with And, and not just, oh, well, I'm just going to work on myself for the next 10 years, then I'll help someone both do both experiment with them see how you can help but also but always prioritizing you know i was just speaking with someone i, I really care about a few days ago and this person was saying how they just don't have time to like take care of themselves and and they're losing their temper all the time with their family etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh and the question i asked was well do you think if you gave yourself more time if you prioritize that time and you be very strong in your boundaries of that self-care time do you think you would then have more time for your family for the people in your life and you'd be able to enjoy being with them more and the obvious answer is yes so that's the reality people are burning themselves out worrying about what's out there and ignoring what's in here what they can actually have an impact on i, I think that's a, a beautiful sentiment and from that, I want to ask you the last question to to wrap up this wonderful episode, um, which is, you know, sometimes people hear 
or podcasts and and posts on social media they can sometimes be very abstract as well you know people are told to do this to not do that but in a very abstract way and it's not really okay what are some actual tangible practical things <laughs> you could do you know to to help you or to give a bit of guidance if somebody says i don't know where to start at all because sometimes then it doesn't matter then just starting somewhere is good enough so <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to ask you, um, because you've also talked about, um, you know, that system that we're all in, some people call it the matrix, you know, this, um, this, let's say, artificial temporary system um, that we're in and that we believe to be all of reality, you know, that's just what the world is And as you said before, you know, with all the weirdos and misfits, the people that seem to not fit and who are deemed to be unsuccessful and uh, kind of outcasts in society, even at the most extreme, when people now listen to this episode and come to the end of it and they think, okay, well, next to the personal work I want to do or want to start doing, what are some of the external factors or let's say the most harmful or powerful parts of the system we're living in that we're maybe to some extent indoctrinated into that affect us in some way, ways where you would say you would find it important that for some people to realize this is how it is affecting us some things that that people should keep an eye on to say okay This is not really me. This is something imposed on me. And this is something, mm. um, you know, to just keep being aware of over and over that we don't fall into this and, and adopt something that doesn't belong to us, that is just inherently part of this system we're living in today. So, well, first of all, the word matrix, I really want to, this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently. The I, I love etymology, the origins of words. And I looked this up recently um, and the word matrix, the origin means the womb actually the uterus the womb the actual source the origin the mother those are the origins of the word matrix so i just want to like even that is a trap people like we got to get out of the matrix it's like you want to get out of the mother like we are <laughs> actually we are, we live on the mother we live in the mother the great mother that is ever generative and ever creative and that cradles us and holds us in our passing and regenerates herself infinitely so just on that account i really want to encourage people to to realize that language itself can be either a trap or a liberation it can either put you in prison or give you the key to get out so yeah. really start to think about what is the language you're using and how is it keeping you trapped or how is it freeing you so matrix can actually be and what what's beautiful is okay say we're trapped in a matrix what happens in the womb is that we are born and therefore the matrix is a natural part of the birthing process the only way to be born is to be in the matrix so we are given again an opportunity to say oh we're not actually trapped in the matrix we are in the womb of life itself and who knows what we're going to birth into wow what an exciting and painful and scary process but trusting that the mother is holding us and she's nourishing us and we will be born in the perfect moment into something beyond what we can imagine right now so just starting with that um and then and then the next piece in terms of an internal practice uh maybe the listener already knows this maybe you already do it but honestly a morning practice is the place you know there's a beautiful saying that says how we spend our days is of course how we spend our lives basically saying how you know how we spend this moment is how we are this is our life and 
so many of us are waking up and hopping on the phone and doom scrolling and getting hooked into all the stories of, and basically we're giving our power away immediately to someone else, to someone out there who's written a story or made a video or has a news piece or an opinion. And now we're all wrapped up. And by the time we get out of bed or by the time we get our day started where we're supposed to be doing what we came here to do, to be that powerful person who's transforming ourselves and the world around us in a positive way. Instead of that, we're just like, oh, I feel overwhelmed and everything's terrible and life's messed up and I'm having an argument with someone on Instagram that's really important. And, you know, that to me is like, so, so the primary place where we have control over how our entire life goes, and I mean this very seriously, is that first moment where we wake up. What is the, what are you putting into your mind? What are the thoughts you are allowing into your mind in those first moments? What are the first actions you take? Is it energizing, empowering? And I actually put together a five day, a free five day morning practice challenge specifically because I think it's so important. And a lot of people struggle. They fail because they, you know, they, oh, I've tried a morning practice. It didn't work. And there's very simple reasons is they either took on too much. They didn't do something that really aligns with their personal unique needs or they, um, just weren't consistent enough over time. So it's, so anyway, I've done this morning practice as a way to really help people who've struggled in the past or who've never done a morning practice. And it's really just a few minutes a day, like five to 10 minutes every morning. And to me, that is the, that's the first step is overcoming that automatic wake up all groggy and just let the world take you. Like that is a, that is a big mistake that so many people are making. Um, so that's the first thing is, is to take your power First thing, as you wake up, get a morning practice going, be responsible for that first moment and watch how the rest of your life starts to change over time. This is consistency over time. It's not just, oh, well, now it's all different. Um, a big thing to watch out for that's out there is basically anything. I thought a lot about like truth, you know, what is, what is truth? What are lies? Because now we've got AI, we've got, you know, all this stuff. It's hard to know what's true, what's real. We've got the mass media system. We've got the governmental systems, all these, the educational systems that are all saying they have the truth. And uh, I thought of a kind of a simple um, kind of equation for like, how do I personally work out if something's true or not? Anything that is pointing at me as the one who's 100% responsible for my life, anything that's reminding me that I am already free is true. Anything that's telling me that I'm not free, that it has the answer, that it's the best way, that is a lie. So for example, I'm here sitting saying to you, I think you should start a morning practice. What I'm, what I'm doing, my intention is to give you the power, is to remind you that you are already free. You can take that, do with it what you will. So I'm not saying that it's only through my word. If you come, you know, and, 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 and trying to trap you into being hooked into something that's going to always be reliant on me. If you do your morning practice, you will be reliant on yourself. And of course, we're integrated into community, into being together. That's beautiful. But it's like, is this thing empowering me? to be fully myself or is it not? And so something to watch out for is pretty much all media, most of the movies that are out there, most of the series that are out there. And again, I watch this stuff. I'm still working on getting myself out of a lot of that. The news, however, is terrible. I personally recommend against it. By the same token, any social media channels, like all those Telegram channels or the Instagram channels, the Face, the WhatsApp, all that stuff, the groups where there's a bunch of people shouting about how bad the other people are, whatever side you're on, whether you're the ones going, and I'll just use this as an example because I've seen a lot of it, like, you know, yay, Trump, Trump's amazing. He's going to save America. He's going to save the world. Or Trump's the worst thing that's ever happened. Trump's terrible. All those people, like, 
fuck all of it basically it's all a lie it's all keeping you from actually sitting inside of yourself and seeing like where does trump live in me where am i showing up either as this guy i think is so cool out there or this guy i think is so terrible which part of me does that mean that i want to embody more of or integrate or forgive or do shadow work with or come to have a relationship with that to me is always turn the attention back inward and turn yourself towards what you have actual control of what is within your actual sphere of influence and prioritize that 90% of the time also i want to acknowledge and honor indigenous and first nations peoples as custodians of most of planet earth's biodiversity and bearers of ancient knowledge I pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging and recognize all Indigenous and First Nations people's strength, resilience, and deep connection to nature. Thank you.